This edition of the Bio Report is brought to you by the California Technology Council, providing discounts on products and services essential to every startup. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. challenges in the area of health, food, energy, and the environment have increased efforts to harness biology to create sustainable solutions to global problems. With advances in the ability to engineer microbes to perform desired tasks, the rapidly evolving area of synthetic biology is expected to fundamentally reshape industrial processes and give rise to a new bioeconomy. Leading scientists, entrepreneurs, and investors will gather in San Francisco November 4th through 6th for SynBio Beta SF 2015 to explore the state of synthetic biology. We spoke to Richard Kitney, professor of biomedical systems engineering at Imperial College London, and one of the leading scientists behind the United Kingdom's efforts in synthetic biology, about the upcoming conference, where the state of the science is today, and why scaling up to industrial-sized processes remains a big challenge. Richard, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, Danny, for um, uh, allowing me to come on this um, uh, interview. We're, we're going to talk about your work in synthetic biology, the approach to it in the United Kingdom, and the growth of the field ahead of the SynBioBeta event in San Francisco, November 4th through 6th. But I think this is a field that still suffers from issues of terminology. For listeners who, who may not be well-versed in the field, what is synthetic biology? Well, I would describe synthetic biology in simple terms as being the engineering of biology. Uh, so this is um, a field which uh, produces uh, new biological uh, devices such as biosensors, new types of chemicals, new industrial processes, uh, essentially through the application of uh, engineering principles and uh, engineering practice uh, to, to biology in terms of um, systematic design. Now, this is expected to have broad ramifications across health, agriculture, fuels, industrial chemicals, and the environment. What's the promise and why is it so compelling? Okay, the reason it's so compelling is because um, it has brought together uh, biology on the one hand and uh, engineering on the other. And uh, if you want to define a start point in this um, field, it's probably the uh, initial sequencing of the human genome in 2001 because this allowed uh, DNA to be read effectively. And, of course, over the last 15 years, um, the reading of DNA has become much more accurate and also faster and also far less expensive. And in parallel with that, um, we have seen the development of uh, better and better techniques for writing DNA. Uh, so this has allowed um, the field to develop in terms of 
modifying uh, typically bacterial DNA uh, so that um, when, it, when the modified bacterial DNA or synthetic DNA is placed in a cell, the cell responds by producing uh, various um, things depending on uh, the, the synthetic DNA which has been put in the cell. For example, different types of chemicals, uh, different biofuels, and indeed different devices like uh, biosensors. Well, the UK in 2012 produced a roadmap for synthetic biology and has been an important funder for research and training and laying the foundation for a new industry in the UK. What's the vision uh, the government has, and would you say the effort has been more coordinated in, in the UK than, than in the United States? I would like to say it's been more coordinated. I do think it has been coordinated, though. I mean, I hesitate to really comment on the situation in the U.S. But um, certainly um, in um, 2009, our National Academy of Engineering uh, produced a report uh, based on an inquiry, which I chaired, actually, into the potential for synthetic biology. And that was taken up by the U.K. government and eventually resulted in this uh, UK roadmap for synthetic biology, of which, again, I was one of the main authors. And uh, in that roadmap, we tried to lay down the foundations for the uh, development of the field in the UK. Um, more recently, actually ongoing more or less now, although it's virtually finished, uh, we've been working on a, what we call the roadmap refresh, uh, which is primarily about in the industrial translation of uh, synthetic biology. Well, what do you see as the, the key challenges ahead in terms of industrializing the technology? Okay, so I think, um, you know, if you if you want a single word on that, it would be scale-up or a single phrase, scale-up. Um, it's the, uh, the challenges are really to get um, what are now very, very promising um, techniques based in synthetic biology out of the laboratory, essentially into into industry and to... Um, produce the appropriate scale-up. Um, as you move from the laboratory to uh, industrial size production, uh, there are a whole series of um, new problems. I mean, this is true for any any new field. So that that's, I would say, the the primary uh, problem. The secondary problem, from the UK point of view, is to uh, develop um, companies in the in the sector. Now, we, we actually, within uh, the UK, have um, over 50, which is not very large probably from a US point of view, but, but for the country of our size, we have over 50 small and medium-sized companies that are working in the field, and the question is how to support them, both from a financial and a business point of view. Well, the UK effort is driven by a recognition of how this technology can fundamentally reshape the economy and, yes. and be a source of job growth. As such, it seems there has been a different approach in terms of moving from basic research to focusing on translational work involving industry and addressing specific challenges of commercialization. How has that played out? Right. Well, um, I think it's played out pretty well, but you have to understand the background to this in relation to the UK. I mean, there is, a, let's say, a perception in UK um, society, and that goes from the government down to, right down to the population, uh, that um, we're pretty good at doing science in the UK, but not so good at industrial translation. And so as a result of that, um, the government uh, produced um, a uh, paper 
about three years ago, which is called the eight great technologies. And these are eight areas of which synthetic biology is the second most important, um, which, you know, have the potential to transform the UK economy. Um, and this is really based on what I would call knowledge-based industries, uh, because uh, as a country, we don't have much in the way of natural resources, but we do, like the US, have a lot of brain power. So this is a deliberate strategy on the part of the government to support synthetic biology. But it's interesting you talk about that that kind of need to to build industry. Earlier this year, you brought Steve Blank's Lean Launchpad program out to yeah. the UK to work yeah. with synthetic biology entrepreneurs and scientists. Listeners yeah. of, of the Bio Report will remember Steve Blank from past podcasts, and that can be found on our archive. But this is meant to be a program to accelerate the commercialization of technology and and approve the success rate of startups. Has this given birth to any companies? And if so, what do they do? Um, well, we've we've done um, one one cycle. So I should say first of all that um, uh, we work with Steve Blank to develop a version of his Lean Launchpad program, and indeed with Jerry Engel, um, which was specifically designed for synthetic biology. Now we've done one full cycle of that, and we're in the middle of the second cycle. Um, and um, uh, during the first cycle, at the end of the first cycle, it actually, we, we had um, eight companies involved, and uh, uh, these were, you know, micro companies or companies that people were thinking about starting up. Um, out, out of the eight, um, four of them uh, actually have developed into um, new, really quite good startups. Um, so this process um, has proved to be really quite successful. And what it's allowed us to do is to build a whole business pipeline where one of the key components is the Lean Launchpad course. And in terms of companies or, or ideas that are being seeded there, yeah. what, what kind of things are you seeing? Okay, so um, a couple of examples uh, of um, what are looking like really quite going to be successful companies. Uh, the first of these, which will be at Symbiobeta next week, is called uh, uh, is, sorry, is called Lab Genius, and Lab Genius is a company which has developed uh, new and exciting technology to allow you to produce many, many variants of a particular design of synthetic DNA very, very rapidly. So, if you want to change um, the design of uh, um, a section of synthetic DNA by altering specific bases. You can do this very, very rapidly using the technology that this company um, has developed. And so that can be done actually in parallel. So what they can offer you is um, a library of uh, different sections of DNA, so-called oligos, uh, which uh, other companies can then try out rather than going back every time to people who are writing DNA DNA companies to produce a single new oligo based upon a new a new variant on the design. So that's that's pretty exciting. And they they were at a meeting in Boston about three weeks ago and uh, got a great deal of uh, interest developed. So it'd be interesting to see how they get on at uh, Symbiobeta. Um, the other company is called Nanocages, and this again is an exciting company because it's uh, based upon. Um, naturally occurring protein nanocages and the ability to um, control uh, the opening and closing of these nanocages. So they tend to be hollow, and so it is possible to insert a payload such as a 
a psychotoxic drug, a drug, a cancer-killing drug, into into the into the nanocage. Um, if that nanocage is then coupled to uh, a specific biosensor, um, it has the potential to be able to, for example, treat um, cancer or detect first of all malignant cells and then treat the malignant cell down at the cellular level rather than through the systemic introduction of, of a drug. So there, there are a couple of exciting examples. It seems a there's been this vision that we would be able to develop off-the-shelf components, what some have referred to as biobricks, that yeah. eventually could be snapped together to engineer a yeah. microbe to produce a desired compound. Yeah. My my sense is that vision is starting to give way to the challenges posed by how pathways work in different microbes and the, the benefits of broadening the variety of microbes used. Do you think we will get to a biobricks world, or will the answer be in learning to harness the enormous variety of microbes and finding the, the right bug for the right job? My own view is that um, uh, what will happen is both, really. Um, the, the range of microbes which will be used, and indeed, um, you know, different strains of a particular microbe, um, will gradually extend. I mean, you have to realize why it is that particular microbes are used at the moment. It's because they're understood... Uh, biologically. So as as more is understood about how different microbes uh, behave from a biological point of view, I think the range of microbes will, will spread out and also the strange strains within a particular type of microbe. However, I also believe that um, the development of standard components, uh, rather than I'd sooner call them that than biobricks, um, will also, uh, and is indeed, also developing quite rapidly. So, um, you know, components such as, so a specific component might be a promoter. Uh, so a, a promoter or various kinds of promoters um, will become uh, standard uh, components and they will be characterized in, in a lot of detail, actually, both in terms of the experimental protocol, how they relate to the particular type of cell or the chassis, and uh, how all that works. And a lot of this will revolve, and indeed is now revolving around the use of laboratory automation. So I think both areas will develop. It's not just a question of, you know, snapping together these uh, so-called biobricks. Um, it is, I think, developing uh, standard components and then interfacing these components, uh, which is, of course, um, what happens in other fields like electronics. Has the public's fear of the technology been an obstacle at all? Has, has this been evolving? And, and do you see scientists having any role in doing a better job at communicating with the public to explain the technology? Yeah, I think this is a really important area in synthetic biology. I mean, certainly here here in the UK, uh, we describe that, and you may well describe it with the same term in the US, as responsible research innovation. So this is essentially looking at um, the ethical, societal, and environmental issues associated with the designing of uh, new types of um, biological systems or, or bio biological processes. And um, I think most scientists and engineers in the UK involved in synthetic biology are acutely aware of the need uh, to um, interact with the public, to enter into a dialogue with the public over these issues. And we've I think as a community, we've tried very, very hard to do this um, so that we can, you know, present um, 
well, not only the positive side of what can be achieved, but the fact that people are are behaving responsibly. Uh, in that context, we over here we have a lot of social science scientists embedded into our into our research teams who look at these issues as we go along. Well, as the UK progresses in its efforts, do you think there are things the United States can learn from from your approach? Um, well, possibly. I mean, possibly uh, people in the US can learn from our approach. On the other hand, it has to be said that so we we collaborate very closely with a number of US colleagues. So this is a very much a very much a, a community which involves. Uh, uh, the U.S. and the U.K. scientists and engineers involved in the field. So, you know, we're learning from each other all the time. I mean, I think one thing that, um, if I might say so, that I think um, uh, needs to be learned from the U.K. is that uh, by putting in public money, this has really stimulated the field. And, uh, you know, there is this organization called Sinberg, uh in the in the U.S., which I think is an extremely good organization. It's... Uh, fundamentally based on uh, Berkeley, on Jay, Jay Kiesling's uh, laboratory, but involves many universities throughout the U.S. And I think that's an incredibly important organization which needs uh, support in the way that, um, you know, some of our activity in the U.K. is getting support through public money. But that's a personal view. Richard Kidney, Professor of Biomedical Systems Engineering at Imperial College London and one of the leading scientists leading the U.K.'s efforts in synthetic biology. Richard, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Uh, maybe see you next week. You okay. can see Richard at the Symbiobetic Conference in San Francisco, November 4th through 6th, and we'll look for you there, Richard. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, Subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it. <laughs>